Hello, everybody, and happy Scary Movie Month. Welcome to the F This Movie commentary track for Glenn Danzig's Verotica. My name is Patrick Bromley, and I'm joined, as always, for our annual Scary Movie Month commentary by JB. Call me Cleopatra. <laughs> Mike Pomero. Hey, everybody. And Adam Risky. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Verotica, gentlemen. And if you're looking at the screen right now, you're actually looking at um, Adam Risky's linen closet. I wish. <laughs> I was happy that this got it added to Shutter because this was in the back of my head for this year's commentary track ever since I saw it. I was actually at the world premiere of this movie, and I'm sure I'll tell stories about that night uh, throughout this commentary, but I was the first audience to ever see it. And boy, oh boy, is it something. And so it was in the back of my mind as a commentary, and then I found out Shudder would be adding this just days before the start of Scary Movie Month. I thought, what perfect timing. Surely we have to do... Uh, Speaking of perfect timing. Veronica. Here we have a little nod to ah! Lucio Fulci. Ow, ow, that smarts. That, that stings. That stings. Could have been worse. They could have been on her boobs. <laughs> whatever could you mean <laughs> folks you are all looking at Caden Cross playing Morella our narrator and she is the adult video news director of the year for 2020 and I also discovered that she has 141 more acting credits than Daniel Day-Lewis <laughs> uh, Miss Cross has appeared in over 170 motion pictures is one of them the crow? Because her makeup looks like she's Lady Crow. I do not believe she is in the crow. Oh, okay. So you are now seeing the title for Verotica based on the Verotic comic book series by Glenn Danzig. Uh, you are also hearing the score composed by Glenn Danzig, who also wrote, edited, and shot this movie. On film, he will tell you, uh, he was very proud of the fact that he uses F-stops. And uh, he's a, kind of a, a one-man show here in Verotica. So does he use a different name uh, for the editor credit? Because I thought... Oh, is it... Am I, did I have it wrong? Sorry, I don't mean to call you out. No, it's fine. I thought for sure he was... I thought for sure I remembered his name as editor, but maybe I'm remembering incorrectly. It, it would make sense, but I... I wanted, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I'm it'll... upset because I wanted my stage name to be Scotch Hopkins, and apparently it's taken. And I want it to be Felicity Feline. I wanted to be Kansas Bowling. <laughs> Kansas Bowling wrote and directed a trauma movie called. Yes, she, she is a director, and I found out she's in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. She sure is. She's one of the I just Manson threw out girls. a funny name, and you guys are like, whatever, she's legitimate. <laughs> Shut up, Risky. She made Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Veronica in the same year. That mm. is range, ladies and gentlemen. That is range. Yeah. I want to play a fun game, and I want us to say something nice about Veronica at every opportunity. Oh, you're right, Mike. I apologize. And my apologies to Brian Cox. <laughs> That might be a pseudonym. Which is Mike's stage name. <laughs> so, is it just, like, really easy to cut faces off? Because this movie makes it seem like it's very, you know, something you could do in 30 seconds or less. Easy? No. 
worth it. I got the, feeling, yes. difficult... I yeah, got the yeah. feeling that the character in question had practiced a lot. That yeah. she, that's the only reason why she's able to do it so quickly. Don't they oh, call her like spider. the face ripper or something? The face ripper? No, isn't it the neck breaker? No, there's Le- she has a name too. She's Le- mystery girl. No, I know yeah. she is. She has the cop calls her something else though. We mm-hmm. all know your. Oh, I can't remember. We'll, At that we'll point, see they when we get to fly it. in the uh, the Roy Orbison song, that one he recorded at the end of his career. I will say this: something nice about Veronica. the The opening credits. I give him credit for making an opening credit sequence because a lot of movies don't do that anymore. All right. Yeah, they want to get sure. right into the action. Although, as the film went on, I thought that was another another attempt to uh, to pad out the film and that's a nice font the albino <laughs> spider of Dejez. That's a good font. we are into the first and i would argue best segment in the movie i would agree with you there uh here's a little cg spider fresh off of sam raimi's set um itsy bitsy spider <laughs> the water spout <laughs> and we are looking at a uh, a woman in a pink wig and her name is Ashley Wisdom, and she plays Dejet in this film. And I would be remiss if I didn't point out some of her other credits, which are voluminous, but just looking at some career highlights. Ashley Wisdom, it turns out, is the star of Giant Juicy Jugs 4, Liquid Lesbians, Punish My Pussy, Asshole Fever, which was the original name of the coronavirus, by the way. Good BG soundtrack on Rocko's, Asshole Fever. Rocco's Perfect Slaves 11 and My Sexy Boss Likes Anal. Those are just highlights of her career. There are too many films to name. It's a good thing that boss is sexy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Not, Did you say liquid lesbians? <laughs> liquid lesbians, not gaseous lesbians or solid lesbians. These are the liquid sort. <laughs> this sequence is, well, we're already past like the making out that goes on far too long. There's a, a trend that will continue throughout Veronica where uh, Glenn Danzig refuses to call cut on anything mm-hmm. that's happening in yeah. front of the camera. So everything goes on way too long including the kissing at the beginning of this put the post blowjob kissing here we oh. have something very weird uh she has eyeballs on her boobs yeah. probably pasties well let's see let's see this out let's see if this no <laughs> they're real eyeballs they'd be pasties if this were sequence two but this is sequence one and now she's remembering a lifetime of being ostracized for having boob eyes. Not boobies, boob eyes. Nice. Well done. Um if you're if you haven't watched the film and you're listening it to or you're listening to this commentary track the first time going through it, you really owe it to yourself to turn the sound up uh because you'll you're missing out on the French accents. For oh. some reason, two of the three segments in this anthology rely on actors doing accents. Uh, that, that... And, I, and I have to say, because I'm a curious person, A, I kept wondering how the boob eyes were going to figure in the rest of the story. And I kept wondering why this needed to be set in France. Gentlemen? <laughs> you will not get answers to either okay. question. <laughs> Such is the magic of Veronica. 
Never question the auteur. The auteur is always right. <laughs> I was so interested in what a Glenn Danzig written and directed movie would look like because I'd never seen anything from him before. He's obviously uh, a member of one of the best and most influential punk bands of all time. And I have seen other filmmakers make a transition to directing and I they've been pretty good at it. Uh, and so I was like, maybe Danzig will be the next one. And we sat down to watch the film, not knowing if, in the words of JB, who said this to me once, maybe about Sucker Punch, I can't remember what movie it was, it will either be The Engine or The Caboose. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I thought, this is either going to be something great or a spectacular belly flop. And I don't it even is... think spectacular belly flop quite characterizes... No, this this creates its own category. It truly um, does. Earlier today, my wife, having some fun with me, was trying to convince me that this sec that this segment was based on a Robert Frost poem <laughs> called Design, which concerns itself with a white spider on a white flower. And I honestly fell for it, hook, line, and sinker. And then she told me that she was just joking. <laughs> oh, Jan and her poetry humor. Her poetry joke. Was, By the way, um, you're looking you're looking at Scotch Hopkins here, who it turns out uh, specializes in playing monsters in direct to video horror films. Although watching this the other night, I couldn't stop thinking about Goro in yeah, that video game that my son used to play way too much. Was. Going back about 30 seconds, was she aiming the tear on the spider, or was that just a happy accident? What are the odds? I don't know. Because I missed that in the in my first viewing of this movie. I figured, like, surely that's like a magic bullet tear, but this time it looked like she was maybe aiming it. The uh, makeup, while not great... Isn't terrible for a no, super low-budget horror movie. I gave the film a lot of credit for even trying to do this. What video game was Goro in? Mortal Kombat. That's Mortal Kombat. Mortal I always confuse Kombat. that with... <laughs> I also, it, it, going along with your theme of trying to say something nice um, about the film, the, the makeup on the spider's face, I thought was kind of interesting and creepy. Mm-hmm. She's trying to decide between the milk or the beer. What a liquid lesbian, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Mike, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but uh, my sexy boss likes anal. <laughs> well, I am your boss, so I can come <laughs> uh, The human uh, spider creature, who, by the way, only has six arms, because who can afford eight? Uh... <laughs> Is uh, also known as the neckbreaker. Yes, as delivered I feel like by Scotch Hopkins stole a role from Andrew Divoff here. <laughs> <laughs> what if I were to tell you? At this point, I think I have to invoke uh, the spirit of Gene Siskel because watching what we're watching right now, I would love to see Scotch Hopkins in that outfit like between takes on on the set of the film. Remember how Siskel said, is the film better than lunch with the cast? Right. I would love to see everything that went on with this 
with this Goro mank. He was walking around filming. with a with a Walkman, listening to Pepe Le Pew cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my sherry, come with me to the Casbah. I know, I know, I stink to high heavens, but this cartoon only has one plot. <laughs> I am the neckbreaker. Mwah, 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 mwah. <laughs> What if I were to tell you that <laughs> Asshole Fever is my stage name? Uh, the, I believe Glenn Danzig made mention of this at that screening because that was part of the weirdness of the whole thing. Um, I, I he, was, he, was, he was there. He was in attendance, and the audience turned on the movie pretty quickly. And I, it's not that I can blame them. But knowing that Glenn Danzig was in the audience, knowing that he had sort of given his all to make this movie, I really was yeah. trying to give it a chance, be respectful. And so I was trying to stay with the movie. Um, JB, I think I already told you the moment at which I finally broke. So you're not allowed to guess, but Mike and Adam, you guys have to guess which Has scene. Already? No, <laughs> I made it a long way into this movie oh, wow. without like <laughs> laughing out loud. And then I couldn't hold back anymore. Um, so there was a kind of an awkward Q&A afterwards because the audience had just watched this as though it were a comedy. Um, he didn't seem to register the fact that the audience had sort of laughed he... at it. Yeah, he it didn't seem to face him um, either because it didn't register or because he just didn't give a shit because he's Glenn Danzig and he was like, I'll fight all of you. I don't know what his plan was, but he... <laughs> Didn't fight any of us, thank goodness. Um, Pat, Patrick is now quoted in the Wikipedia article about this film because he reviewed it and he attended the world premiere. And you remembered that he said something like, you guys laughed where I wouldn't or something. It was just one of the saddest things I've I've ever heard. <laughs> he mentioned the influence of Mario Bava on the film, and I think this segment is where that influence is the most deeply felt, if only for sure. the lighting and coloring scheme. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's something nice. If you're going to be influenced, it's not bad to be influenced by Mario Bava. Sorry, this is just a really powerful moment. <laughs> <laughs> if we were to take a drink every time the camera zooms in or out we wouldn't make it a third of the way through this movie. It's true. They would be, they would be pumping our stomachs, uh, which reminds me, there's a shot in the third segment that I want you guys to prepare for because I have a, a question for you about this inexplicable shot during the third sequence. Um, the other night when I was watching this with my lovely wife, the first time Ashley Wisdom showed up on screen, my, wife's, my wife said something along the lines of, what's up with her face? And I could only respond that perhaps she's had some work done because I don't think those of us who are not in the entertainment business know um, how difficult it is to beat out other actresses right. for a lead role in Giant Juicy Jugs 4. <laughs> You've studied Ashley Wisdom like Ben Kingsley <laughs> studied Mahatma Gandhi. <laughs> You should see JB's boobs right now. <laughs> More like they should see you. I thought I, <laughs> I thought if I concentrated hard enough, 
I could make it happen. <laughs> was the moment you broke when she says what her specialty is? I wish it was, but no. <laughs> I feel like her specialty isn't really a specialty. It's kind of like being there is 90% of the job. <laughs> uh, yeah, again, we have some more of this famous Verotica dead space. Uh, <laughs> you know, I compare it to the work of Ed Wood, not lightly, um, because... Ed Wood was an incompetent filmmaker, but he was a filmmaker full of passion and vision. And this movie is incompetent, but also full of passion and vision. So it's a bad movie, but it's bad in a fascinating, spectacular way in what it tells us about the filmmaker and all his fetishes and all of his interests. Uh, and so it's not a comparison that I make easily, but I think it's well, one that is apt. Shot. Look at the shot that's on the screen right now. Clearly, this is a failure of lighting because we know what he's after here, but... To break the neck? Well, not yet, <laughs> but clearly she could see him out of her peripheral vision for what's going on right now to work. He he's a sexy boss. He has, to be, he, has to be more, he has to be more in the dark. So right. that when she turns and sees him, spoiler alert, it's a surprise. But the way this comes across, it's it's like it's been framed like a greeting card. It's just very strange. After you brought up the Ed Wood comparison, now I can't help but think that somebody needs to move Goro's arms like Bella Lugosi moved the octopus's mm -hmm. arms. <laughs> Uh, the uh, comparison to Ed Wood is apt. Throughout the film, there are odd little bits of dialogue that sound a lot like Ed Wood uh, updated to uh, the 21st century. My favorite, I think it's the second sequence, when for no good reason, one of the cops just shouts, Negatory! Um, this actress on screen to the left is Tanya Kay, who was in My Brother's Wedding. What? That's a weird true story. She makes a lot of like B movies and kind of full moon movies now, but she was a dancer in Chicago and my brother married a dancer. And uh Oh, she... I thought you said she was in a movie called My Brother's Wife. No, she literally stood up on my brother's ex-wife's side. She was a bridesmaid in my brother's wedding. Huh. And now she's in Veronica. So Man, you're like the Kevin Bacon of Veronica. Basically. I don't know yeah. what we're supposed to learn from that story, Patrick. That I'm connected. Is that a, is that yeah. a, hopeful, <laughs> is that a hopeful story? <laughs> is it supposed to fill us with hope? Yeah. Oh, uh, the actor playing this photographer has contest winner written all over him. Uh, for those of you unfamiliar with the concept, whenever you see someone show up for a little tiny itty-bitty part and you're wondering... Oh, how did they cast that? Uh, invariably, my wife or I in our living room will shout out, contest winner. Uh, if they show the camera again that the photographer has, it says Canon, but it's clearly not the real Canon label. That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> this guy. Yeah, well, this guy's just solid news reporter. <laughs> He's going to moderate well, one of the debates. <laughs> the reputation of Channel 52 News is known far and wide. You know, 52. 
Everyone doing a different French accent. <laughs> I don't know, Janine. I just started to wonder why I had all that work done on my face, and suddenly I had something of an epiphany. What's great about this scene is that it tells us nothing and fails to advance the plot. And it goes on for a while. <laughs> but it's such a great example of female empowerment where the girls are all there for each other against this contest winner pretending to be a photographer with his fake Canon camera. <laughs> but again, this is the only segment in the film that, that tells a story with kind of a beginning, a middle, and an end instead of just sets up a scenario and plays it out a few times, which is what the other two segments do. I agree with that, but I and I don't want to get ahead of ourselves because it's another one of my favorite lines in the film. Um, clearly, we're however many minutes into the first segment right now. Why does she have eyes in her breasts? No, I wish I could tell you. I, I do not know the answer to that. Uh, and then there's nothing else in the movie that is weird and sort of fantastic like that uh, or like it seems, the... It seems, it seems left over from another draft. Although, I will say this, along with your theme of saying something nice about Veronica. Um, another thing that distinguishes the first sequence, this sequence, is that it actually shows... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? That... Um, she, she, she changes from the beginning of the sequence to the end and that the decision that she makes at the end is altruistic and, uh, you know, a decent thing to do. That she, right. she actually takes action and I don't want to spoil it, but that she uh, she does something for humanity that doesn't benefit her directly. And you're on the A-list. So there's <laughs> premiere right right now, Adam. This the next thirty seconds should be the new TV commercial for the A list. She's in <laughs> Um, just and no sound, and no Josh sound. Hartnett's just, in there. Just this, just this, and then after thirty seconds, we fade to the A list. By the way, in just a second, we're gonna get a shot that's framed so that we see the projection booth. And it, <laughs> it's so clearly like a sun lamp. And yeah. A yeah. Was someone, that where you broke? Some, no. Was it the sun lamp? No. Um, someone should have taken Mr. Danzig aside and said, there's things we can do to make that less silly. <laughs> the, uh, in case you were wondering, and maybe you already figured this out, the translation of the porn film that she's watching right now is The Nudes Without a Face. Uh, which I guess is meant to foreshadow the second segment. Yeah, which was my assumption. But if that's the case, why why do we have a shout out to the second segment in the first segment? I don't. It's just a little Veronica Easter egg. This movie's fucking deep, kid. It rewards <laughs> multiple viewings. Exactly, like me, who's watched it twice today. <laughs> when something doesn't when something doesn't quite work as an Easter egg, can we start calling it rabbit poop? I know we're supposed to like be immediately creeped out by these skeevy guys, but she's just as big of a creep because she sat directly behind two people in a theater with plenty of <laughs> the, 
first time I saw this, I really thought this was going to go in a different direction, a direction I didn't want it to go. And yeah. I was so happy yeah. along the lines of saying something nice about the film. I was so Agreed. happy when we didn't get that scene. Although, when I finished watching this for the first time, the whole thing kind of reminded me of a porno film with the sex cut out. Yeah. So if this were a porno film, the theater scene would have continued mm. in its in in that vein. Although mm -hmm. I'm talking about this and now what's up on the screen does look <laughs> like something. A weird porn. I got something to say. Also in a lot of the shots, I made a actress, movie today. In a lot of the shots the actress is not it it doesn't do her any favors that the lighting makes her hair look neon pink and her skin look green. Um, for a lot of the shots, I thought it was like She-Hulk. Uh, I don't think that marquee is real. Yeah. <laughs> this movie's so sad because, like, none of this could happen with COVID, no? <laughs> there could be no neck breaker? We're coming up on the best line delivery of the movie. The waiter in the cafe. Uh, yeah. Oh, 100%. my God. 100%. <laughs> By the way, not the moment I broke. It's a carefully scripted scene. <laughs> the neck breaker. <laughs> you know, you pop into a coffee shop where there's already a cup of coffee that somebody else drank. She constantly has her hand over her face in this sequence. Well, because she's in a, a constant state of angst. What have I loosed upon the world hmm. by shooting a tear at a spider? <laughs> Here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> Another refill. I just got here, motherfucker. Oh. <laughs> Again, I'm track of these people. <laughs> I'm reminded his delivery is so odd. The first time I watched this, I thought his jaw had been wired shut. Yeah. <laughs> Here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> so great so amazing let you think about that missy it's remember not... always pay for the drink that you didn't order right and leave <laughs> right after the... sitting down that's yep. that's to make her sympathetic we 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 like the fact that she's a caring person she should have cried on that flower and made something to fight the neck breaker <laughs> By the way, he's a giant human spider. <laughs> like, why are we? Yeah. Why are we calling him something pedestrian like the neck breaker? <laughs> There's so many other things we could like classify him boy. as. Yeah, right. Exactly, <laughs> Mister Mystery. <laughs> so much better. I want neck breaker to face off with bone saw. I like it. <laughs> now she's made her decision to take her own life. Yes. In her underpants. But is there any other way? Yeah. You gotta be comfortable, I guess. I, I don't know if, if if Glenn Danzig is just trying to do like a like an early eighties heavy metal comics thing or if he's just a horny dude, but this is a leering ass movie. 
The answer to that is yes. <laughs> the shot made me think she had taken the projector home from the movie theater. <laughs> this shot made she me wonder what year this sequence is set in. <laughs> Riding that zoom hard. Oh, I forgot to mention this, but um, hashtag walkout on that movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, she didn't even see how it ended. Nope. Did nope. the nudes get their faces or not? <laughs> I'm guessing they did. Yeah. What if she's watching the second segment? Oh. Well, there was a lot of like moaning and stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just know that shot is going to be used in the advertising materials for this film. Yeah, that's that's a baseball card for the Veronica trading card set. <laughs> If uh, the music box still put out that calendar that they used to put out in the old days, that would be the, the picture they used to illustrate Veronica. Mm-hmm. I got to say, watching this movie with you guys is making me like it just as much. <laughs> <laughs> just as much as you did on your own, you mean? Yeah. It okay. jigs up, scotch. Yeah, whoa. Like, yeah, his crotch is ripping. This is uh, is. pretty amazing what we're coming up on Um, (laughs) when they try to break the door down. No, I wish. How how did you make it this far? I I don't know, man. I really was trying. I really was like, maybe it's going to get better. Um, Yeah, these uh, gendarmes are known collectively as Les Three Stooges. The guy in the middle makes a lot of like HBO softcore movies. Uh, look at, look at this. <laughs> well, they didn't, want to, they didn't want to destroy this set. Which, Holy shit! I, maybe, maybe I did break there. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I wonder what. Glenn Danzig thought would happen when he showed this to an audience. <laughs> like, was he confused and surprised when we were laughing? Did he really think, is this exactly the movie he wanted to make? It very well may be. I mean, clearly it is like, but is, did it turn out exactly the way he had hoped? Right. I should say. Cause yeah, it doesn't seem like there were any notes on this movie. <laughs> <Kidding>. <laughs> Oh, here, here we go. This is one of my uh, this is one of my favorite lines. When suddenly, after, what twenty minutes or something? Wait, I don't think we're quite there yet. Um, They're commenting on how pale he is, not the fact that he has six fucking arms and right. isn't human. And then, and then the gendarmes are going to look down at her, and one of them is going to say, "Are those eyes for breasts?" Yeah. And the other guy says, "Yes." Very strange. Keep in mind, everybody watching, this is the best segment of the series. <laughs> well, I don't know, Adam. If anyone had ever dreamed of having a mediocre strip club in their own basement, the second segment might be for them. The second segment <laughs> is impressive in the way that it answers the question, can nudity be boring? <laughs> uh, 
And the Crypt Keeper's yep. back. Yeah, here Take to cross. make oh, one way, single pun. Have, right, if you're going to have this woman host the segment, maybe give her some stuff to say. Is this the one where she says the eyes have it? Yes. Okay, so uh, the puns are being rationed, and we can't actually have her say things. Um, Patrick said, can nudity be boring? Which, of course, it can. That's a good but shot. I would suggest that mm-hmm. um, the second segment... Continues. That's like Kirk's entrance in Wrath of Khan. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. The second segment um, continues that trope where, for the most part, when we're in that strip club, the women are not nude. Uh, that is true. So we have hundreds of films where men apparently go to look at women in their underwears. And here, of course, we have the trope of the myth of the talking killer. Oh, speaking of which, uh, we are looking at Rachel Alig. She plays Mystery Girl. Rachel Alig is also the star of Bikini Spring Break. It's a good TV one. series OMG EMT. Not making that up. <laughs> She was featured on an episode of Sex Sent Me to the ER. Whoa. (laughs) My sexy boss loves anal. What do you want? real show on cable. Uh, She is featured in a movie, I'm not making this up, called Lori Sheedy, Fuck You. She is featured in a movie called Attorneys at Flaw. She was in a TV show called Bulge Bracket and a feature film called Pigster. Rachel Alig, ladies and gentlemen. I saw sex send me to the ER. She goes to the ER because she spills hot corn water on her partner. (laughs) (laughs) And I've never seen that show, but I've seen it on the cable guide, like at three in the morning. I've, I've seen it listed. Ladies and gentlemen, strip club or bikini modeling show. (laughs) Uh, So, Danzig music isn't playing throughout this movie. Sometimes he kind of changes it up to, you know, name your your heavy metal song for strippers to dance to. Right. But they could have sprung for some buck cherry here. I think it should have just been mother the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know, but that's like tell your children not to walk my way, and I think he wanted kids to see this. That was for Doug. That's right. Yeah. And uh, you got to feel sorry for these men. Okay, let me get this straight. I sit there, and I could look at them, but I can't touch them, and they're not going to take their clothes off. Right. Yeah. Okay, I'll pay, I'll pay for that, but only for six hours. Yeah, this is definitely the Tuesday night crew. <laughs> But these women are, like, way better. If you're a customer of this establishment, these women are way better than what Mystery Girl offers because I've been to one of these clubs before, and I'm not going there for esoteric. (laughs) I'm not going there for a character study. No, man, her gimmick gets me hard. Well, yeah, see, I'm glad you brought that up, because much like... Did you see her canon, her lore? (laughs) (laughs) Much like we're left wondering what the eyes and the boobs had to do with anything in the first segment, 
if she's cutting the faces off women to wear them when she strips, why is she wearing a veil and a hood over her face when she strips? It's to to hide it to because it's oh I'm playing a trick on these gentlemen. I I just I don't I don't understand how that works. Yeah, she's in it for herself, and that's not what you get into this game for. That's right. The face. It's a customer service game. Job at the end of the day. Is it and the face ripper? All of you should listen to Adam because Adam actually managed a strip club for a while, and the the women were became big fans of his because he was such a booster for them yeah. and their lives. He insisted every dancer have backstory. <laughs> and be tested for STDs. Uh, it was called Hip Masters. <laughs> uh, the mystery girl. <laughs> Adam, I liked do... when you were in the second strip club and you had a shared universe. <laughs> that was good. You got to go to both clubs to really get it. Yeah. I don't know why, but that reminds me of like the scene in uh, Devil's Rejects where Ken Faree's like not into the sci-fi gimmick for the brothel. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like freaky robots tripping over shit. Can't have that. <laughs> and I'm going back to what Patrick said about this film revealing a lot about Glenn Danzig and his personal feelings about things. I got something to say. And I'm wondering... <laughs> And I'm wondering <laughs> what kind of a man would rather see the silhouette of a skull than a woman's breast. Who would prefer that to the other thing? Employees at Spirit Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's this lady at the new at the club, and she's like a big Prince of Persia fan, and it's like <laughs> The game or the movie? The game is. or the movie? Uh, the movie. You know that Jill and Hall joint is pretty tight. Oh, she's a total Jill and Ho. She's a Jill and Ho. <laughs> she quickly this is became Haley Joel my Osmond favorite as the customer. <laughs> you know what? A couple nights ago, Jan made Haley that exact Joel same Osmond joke in the Chris Hardwick biopic. <laughs> it's, his, it's his cameo. She yeah. quickly became my favorite stripper because A, she never takes her clothes off, and B, she never shows us her face. So there's that. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand the whole cutting off faces in order to uh, cover your face. Stripper? Yeah. yeah. I yeah. like a stripper where I can pretend it's anyone I want. It's so verotic. <laughs> Um, I'm glad we're talking about this because watching that sequence in a theater was interminable. And it's not, it's not the only the sequence in the strip club. No, it is not. Either. Ah, I mean, here comes the cop who gives one of my one. favorite performances in the movie. <laughs> Does interminable mean really great? I think so. I use it incorrectly all the time. No, oh, okay. The face ripper. I believe this is the scene with negatory in it. Yeah. Also, this is where the beat cop is more of the detective than the detective. And the detective <laughs> is learning information like the beat cop would. Where's her face? Well, that's what I was going to get to, as though we didn't start with that. 
Negatory. There it is. Why is Cheddar yeah. Bob over next to the other cup? <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say this scene needs a donut, but there it is. Danzig's way ahead of you. <laughs> At everything. Lulu. <laughs> That sequence, that sequence to me Tell is, you know, not we, to cut my face. We paid, <laughs> we paid money for this makeup, so we have to show it a couple times yeah. to justify its expense. Also, I'm watching this scene, and I don't think that's what the faces would really look like. <sighs> no. Adam, what would they really look like? <laughs> um... Like fruit by the foot. Oh. <laughs> you don't know this, but like fruit roll-ups are really fruit roll-ups of fruit by the foot. You're eating somebody's fucking face. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I think this movie just broke Adam. <laughs> um, it, in the music box theater, going back to the world premiere, are you still with it at this point, Patrick? I'm trying. so we're not not at the point yet nope i know it's i know it's a bad movie but i'm still being respectful because i feel too bad about laughing with the writer and director in the house so we've seen the rest of the audience did not have that problem (laughs) so we've seen a lot of movies and we like to engage with the movies you know on an intellectual and emotional level is this just a turn off your brain and eat popcorn movie and we're just missing the point no, I don't think so. I yeah. mean, I think Danzig was trying to make some weird, fucked up, sexy, violent vision of horror, and instead he accidentally made Veronica. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're up. Oh, here she is. Courtney Stodden, child bride to actor Doug Hutchinson. Uh, no, really? That's yeah, her? That's her. Whoa. She's really good in this. She is. She definitely wants Riff, which is a thing that Erica and I say, because when Erica and I first met, we were in a production of West Side Story in which she had one line, I want Riff. And she was not the best at her one line delivery. And so when we see people who maybe aren't the best actors, we say they want Riff. (laughs) Courtney Stodden definitely wants Riff. Speaking of you and Erica, she stood up in your wedding, right? <laughs> Courtney Stodden? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so did uh, Sex Sent Me to the ER. <laughs> Wait, er- Erica wanted Riff? Erica stood up in our wedding. <laughs> and said, I want Riff? And, and said, I want Riff. Because she, mar- she was marrying you. Yeah, it was an awkward moment, but we've worked past it. <laughs> and later tonight, you can tell Erica, you know, we were... Um, remembering our wedding and watching a woman getting her face uh, cut off <laughs> with a really sharp knife. And uh, it was hey. an interesting dichotomy between the two things. Guess what? You guys weren't there for our wedding night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what then, the? What? Whoa, whoa, <laughs> that was whoa. a weird cut. And then things got dark. <laughs> um, In a lot of the close-ups... What? Um, our lead in this sequence, Rachel Alig, um, looks a lot like um, 
Oh, where's my brain? Uh, one Why of the Reese get like a paper towel if I were her. <laughs> one of the original screen queens. Oh, Linnea, Linnea Quigley. Quigley. Yeah, she does. She looks like Linnea Quigley in a brunette wig. <laughs> Up, does. we're back to the basement. Oh, thank goodness. Back to the strip club. There's nothing that where you put another Buck Cherry song. Adam, you had such a successful career as a strip club manager. Taking a look at <laughs> Let's this Let's keep that place, going. <laughs> what, suggestions, what suggestions would you make, um, uh, would you suggest that this strip club should uh, institute if they wanted to be more successful? Um, I would say, you know, get a couple of TVs. Uh, <laughs> like, put those on in the background, you know, play some sports. Like, because, you, you know, you don't want to, like, Maybe these guys are DVRing the big game at home, but you don't know. I thought all the TVs would be showing Veronica. <laughs> uh, Veronica, incidentally, one of my favorite Elvis Costello songs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, back to um, Mystery Girl. Now, shouldn't when Mystery Girl comes out this time, shouldn't she look like Courtney Stodden? Like, wouldn't that be more interesting yeah. if each time yeah. she came out, she looked like a but different person? But is that person? why they? Is that why they covered her face to avoid having to deal with that on a makeup level? I don't know. But again, if you're going to wear somebody else's face, why would you hide it? Don't hide your light under a bushel. Don't don't hide someone else's cut off face under a scarf. (laughs) Show the world. Be proud. Show show some goddamn pride. If you were sitting at the stage and Mystery Girl came into your section, what's the right etiquette to like slip away? I can't I can't understand you, ma'am. Do Mystery you want to go to the champagne room? <laughs> I can't drink the champagne because I'm wearing a mask. <laughs> But you can have plenty of champagne. Oh, what's she, now, what's she doing now? This is like She's in a fireworks display with the big finish. <laughs> I was going to say Mystery Girl is on stage and Hamburger Helper is in the audience. Mystery Girl is a level six cleric. <laughs> if she worked at one of my clubs, I would fire her so fast. What's your favorite chilling hole mover? <laughs> <laughs> Proof the John Madden one? <laughs> Didn't think I'd hear that. Oh, uh, so this shot, the shot that's on the screen right now, if if Danzig really wanted to make this uh, a triumph of nonsense, um, they should show uh, the victim has uh, eyes in her boobs. Yeah, I'd agree with right that. Right there. Yeah. That's where we need to see the eyes. The detective in the white dress shirt looks like that one dude. I forgot what his name is, but John, you might know on NYPD Blue, who's like the babysitter for Dennis Franz's kid. Oh, um, I don't Billy remember. Bill Brocktrup or something. Yeah, Bill Brocktrup, because yeah. uh, uh, both uh, Adam and I watch reruns of that when we can't sleep. I think he looks like Christopher Walken in A View to a Kill. Yeah, <laughs> I can see that. Mother. Tell your children. <laughs> I can't do a walk-in. I, yeah, Even these headlines are shitty. Tell your children not to walk my way. <laughs> the face ripper, I told you. We have the neck breaker and the face ripper. I yeah. can't remember the last time I saw a newspaper headline with three exclamation points. 
And then the third act, they're both going to fight David Dunn, and it's going to be an M. Night Shaun the Lion joint. I think that's editorializing. <laughs> and I would say, let's hurry up and get this sequence over. But I know the sequence that's coming up next, <laughs> even so I'm in no hurry for this one to end. <laughs> yeah. It does uh, It does start stronger than it ends, doesn't it? Another mm-hmm. part of the magic of erotica. It almost looks like she's... <laughs> the way she has the faces on the wall, it's like she's going to make a clock. <laughs> Well, thank God that's over. Oh, damn it. No. You can see her breathing. Every time it fades to black, I secretly (laughs) hope it's over. Oh, this is amazing that they've been standing around and didn't find the business card that she accidentally left behind. (laughs) Amazing police work right there. Well, they were waiting for Scarlett Johansson from Matchpoint to show up. (laughs) But gentlemen, is that the point that Danzig is actually making about modern policemen? You just blew my mind. <laughs> That's some good old-fashioned copping. <laughs> that sign is wow. clearly there. Wow. Women come here to dance erotically. Verotically. That's X-Pac, by the way. Oh, nice. Is he a wrestler or something? Yes. He is a wrestler. Wrestler. I was trying to channel Craig Robinson in um, Walk Hard. Well, it's his favorite Gyllenhaal movie. It's got to be Bubble Boy. Yeah, I would think so. (laughs) She's my favorite of the dancers because she's like out of nowhere, the plucky, like best friend running interference for Mystery Girl. I love how the girls are there for each other. Yeah. Yet uh, further proof of uh, female empowerment in Verotica. I will say this. It's not a better movie than Hustlers, but I'd probably be just as likely <laughs> to watch this as I would Hustlers. <laughs> <laughs> is she decomposing? Think... Like, what is this? I did think the first time I watched this that... Uh, uh... Every male character in this movie is either uh, a stooge or a dick, and that uh, we are left admiring the female characters more. But then I started to think about it more, and I realized that most of the female characters were dicks, too. Yeah, there's not a ton of sympathetic characters, with the exception of this girl. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, um, Ashley Wisdom, the star of Giant Juicy Jugs 4, who right. sacrifices herself for humanity at the end of the first sequence. True. She's sympathetic. That's a shot where you wonder how long it took them to get the lighting set up. <laughs> what was the black electrical tape budget on this film? <laughs> I like this the is girl my favorite with... scene in the movie because it's the most old men. It's a lot of characters. Dan Mike each one of them separately so that later in the editing room he could decide on the sound levels because he wanted that overlapping dialogue that he was hoping to make part of his trademark style. And, and Harry Nilsson wrote the songs. <laughs> Clearly 
Danzig's Prairie Home Companion. <laughs> Here comes Garrison Keeler into the strip club <laughs> dressing room. Uh, You'd fit in just as much as Mystery Girl. <laughs> Do you think the other girl coming to the stage? Garrison Keeler. Keeler. Here comes that. <laughs> Here comes that big Harry Nelson Veronica hit. Me in my face skin. <laughs> Me in my face skin. Naked women on the stage. Garrison Keeler signing in the corner. Is signing a euphemism? No, just autographs. Just that's a, autographs. That's a shot. See, he he put some thought into some of the compositions. Yeah, mm-hmm. that one that that looks like a battery commercial, or a scene out of Sin City. Hmm. Yeah, this does give me a little bit of a Sin City vibe. Yeah. Ooh. Look at that. Right? Come on. Danzig knows what's up. I got something to say. <laughs> I cut your face off today. So if she's wearing someone else's face because she's horribly scarred. um, Not even that horribly. And right. if you want to find hell with me. <laughs> Maybe the scarf is to keep the other woman's face on hers. Maybe it's it's more practical. Utilitarian, so that, yeah. So that the fake face doesn't slip and slide off. The performance here is pretty epic that this cop gives when he kind of monologues to uh, the face ripper. Well, it's former Chicago Bulls coach Jim Boylan. So. <laughs> I'll laugh like I get it. <laughs> now you think that's the end, but it's not. If uh, any of us should ever run into Glenn Danzig, we might want to. Oh, uh, we might a shout out to the first segment. Uh, if any of us ever run into Glenn Danzig, we might want to suggest that he can never use a fade to black again because. <laughs> He used a lifetime of them in this movie, and he's he's had his quota. No more fades to black. It's such a weird idea for a segment. Like, she cuts people's faces off so she can dance, and then the cops catch up with her, but she gets away so that she can keep dancing. Like, there's no rising, falling action. There's no story. There's no twist. It's literally just a sequence of events that happen. Right, and the fact that it's an anthology film leads us to expect a twist. Right. Like like at the end she comes out and she's wearing the police guy's face or something. That would be sexy. You know? Or she and takes she's... off her mask and she's Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> That's why you're the filmmaker. Yeah. And she's so... not even dancing. She's just doing like a kata. And wearing a weird, like, I think that was Joan Jett's hair in 1982. Yeah, they bought it at a studio auction. It's the hair that Joan Jett wore in Light of Day. Yes. I'd rather be watching that. Is that movie finally getting the respect it deserves? It needs a physical release is what it needs. Yeah, I think I need a physical release, which is what half the guys in the strip club are saying. Thank you, ladies. somebody $100 at the stage? Look, they hung up some sheets. It's fine. 
There's a chalkboard back there. Ignore that. Also, don't they, before she was Mystery Girl, before she was Mystery Girl, but now she's like Mysterioso, so it's like no cop is ever going to figure out that subterfuge. No, she's Mysterio after her favorite Jake Gyllenhaal performance in uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. Well, we had Goro This actually the is segment, the end of the segment now. Yeah, now she's like Scorpion from Mortal Kombat. So. Ladies and gentlemen, AVN Director of the Year, Caden Cross. Sometimes Caden Cross isn't looking at the camera, and I think it's a weird choice to have her look somewhere else besides the camera. She's like looking into, like it's a three-camera sitcom, and she's looking into camera yeah. two. <laughs> at this point, I wondered if the woman she just put the face on was the woman she was torturing at the very beginning of the film. Hmm. Do you think I, do you guys think I Darklings tend, is going to catch on? I tend to ask myself these questions. How's that pronounced by the way? Uh Drukija, Drukija, True. You say Drukija and I say Drukija and you say Beluza. All of this was shot on a location. <laughs> I give him credit for trying to do something period. Inside yeah, the yeah. anthology. Uh, this don't should not have been the last you, segment. Don't tell me you kept it together up yeah. to this point. I, too, I'm right? still... No, what? I haven't, wow. I haven't lost it yet. You're a better man than I am, Charlie Brown. Um, this segment, for all the world, reminded me of... Uh, there was a real-life woman in history named Elizabeth Bathorny who actually did this, according to history. And that one day someone shared this folklore with Glenn Danzig and Danzig said, Oh, I've got to put that in my movie. There have been far too many Elizabeth Bathory movies. And really oh, I agree. after Countess Dracula, you don't need any of them. It's only a model. Countess Dracula is the best of them because there's a whole sequence in hostile too. That's clearly modeled after, uh, Elizabeth Elizabeth Bathory as well. Yeah, you get the right kind of monster kid, and that story just drives them crazy. One of I these. Dig... Oh, go uh, ahead. I was just gonna say, I I do dig that like her costume kind of looks like the witch from Willow. Sure, that's pretty. That's pretty neat. Bav Morda is that is that the witch's name? Yeah, that's. It sounds right. It sounds right. Do you think Ron Howard ghost directed this segment? And he was just using leftover Willow stuff? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I think that. Uh, yeah, one of the this segment's just as good as that TV. <laughs> one of the peasant girls in this sequence, I believe, is Kansas Bowling. Yes, she's the, she's the one who gets sold, and then later she's, like, tied to the thing in the tub. Okay. Um, speaking of Willow, I'm almost finished with it. I have uh, taken up uh, Val Kilmer's autobiography. Mm -hmm. I'm your Huckleberry. Um, he talks at length about the filming of Willow, and uh, it's actually a very interesting book. I would recommend it. Did somebody say Willow? <laughs> <laughs> that picture's got my favorite actor, Joanne Wally Kilmer. <laughs> Yeah, they got married. Um, is there a reason Carolyn Williams is in this film? I think she's friendly with the producer. You know, it's like I knew she was in it going into it, and I so expected her to have a much bigger role. I would have yeah. been much more interested in her playing this 
Drukija character. I understand. Oh, that, yeah. oh, that, that maybe, would have been a good idea. But maybe she's not interested in getting naked or whatever. She only had a day to shoot. You know, I don't want to say it's beneath her because working actors got to work. But it is jarring to see someone of her stature show up for this one scene cameo and have nothing yeah. to do except yet another accent in a movie full of accents. And have nothing to do but be the worst mother ever. <laughs> uh, wait, wait, and that's a wrap on Caroline Williams. <laughs> I thought this set looked uh, a lot. Uh, I think we just missed the shot. That anyway, I thought uh, when this when this set is shot from the right angles, it looks a lot like a set in a community theater production. Anything showing the red drapes. Do you guys want to stage a live production of Veronica? Yes. <laughs> wow. Only wow. only if I get to play the spider guy. <laughs> I get to play the waiter in the diner. I get to play the strip club manager, but I'm not going to watch the movie. <laughs> I'm the reporter. <laughs> I'm going to play the spider guy, but in our version, every so often, I have to just pause for a couple minutes to catch my breath. Oh, my heart's beating like a rabbit. <laughs> the actress who played Drukija, it was on Amazon's short-lived Jean-Claude Van Damme show. Really? As leggy, as leggy model. Oh, and, okay. Uh, speaking of Alice Tate... Who is here saying the role of Jukija? Alice Haig, um, right? Alice Tate. Oh, I thought it was Haig, like as like Sid Haig. Yeah. And if oh. you want to find her with her. <laughs> uh, she is featured in the movie Dawn of Aquarius, Uploaded, Snowbound, Jaded, and one episode of the Kaminsky Method on Showtime. It seems as if Alice gravitates to uh, films with one-word titles. Sure. Chillerama. She was hottie on train in the Wadzilla segment. I actually yeah. remember she, that segment. Yeah, she she is in Chillerama. I left that out. So now this is how we're going to establish that she likes grapes, <laughs> and that she does this crazy thing to stay young, and then we're just going to keep seeing her do it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> In, in much the same way that the, the last segment was alternating between a face cutting off and a, a strip club, this one just so, alternates between conversations with her and then, yeah, bleeding. So people. did anyone ask Glenn Danzig about this? And his response from the stage was, you have to bathe in the blood of the lamb. <laughs> I think people were afraid to ask Glenn Danzig anything. Yeah. <laughs> well, because they had angered him with with their reaction. Now, at what point did did you check out, Patrick? I'm at still here. Point... I'm still in it. So you have not you have not given up yet. Oh no, I mean I've given up on the movie. I know what it is, but I haven't succumbed to what the rest of the audience has been doing for time check one hour and three minutes, which right. is and you will, openly and mocking you... the movie. And you will tell us when you turned. I want you guys to guess. Okay. Is this is Danzig this Kansas bowling? Got, 
that is Kansas Bowling um, chained to the ribs. Oh, yeah, she was in Once Upon a Time yeah. in Hollywood. She was one of the Manson girls. Yeah, I said that an hour ago. <laughs> no, but I didn't know who she played. Oh, oh okay. She played yeah. Sharon um, Tate. <laughs> I, I think Danzig kept the set to the crew together through ecto cooler and orange slices. That's the only thing I can think of. <laughs> so we have an effect coming up. That's. Am I getting ahead of myself? I I think you are. If okay. It's the effect I think you're talking. Well, about. there's one. <laughs> there's one effect where it works, and then one time where it doesn't, <laughs> and they didn't do a second take. Yes, I know now exactly what you're talking about, and it's the perils of low-budget filming. Now, at this point, this very shot that's on the screen, I would argue that the film becomes what Roger Ebert once called the work of morons with cameras. I mean, we just have this really disturbing tableau set up, and it's just going to go on and on and on because someone thinks that uh, naked women uh, and blood is cool. That about summarizes, I think, Glenn Danzig's I, life philosophy. I have a philosophy. Name, John. What's that? Oh, sorry, I Mike. Name, <laughs> I stepped on your joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't yeah, it be exactly. funny if Mike started singing the Jim Croce song, I Got a Name Right Now? <laughs> I'd yeah, pay to hear that. Glenn Danzig doesn't seem to know that the naked women and bleeding are two flavors that don't go together real well. So this sequence is why I suspect maybe Caroline Williams didn't take the role of Drukija. Yeah. I'm, I'm imagining Glenn Danzig's directions to the actress. Alice, Alice, get more blood on you. Can you get, can you get some more blood on you? Throughout this segment, I just went in cool. <laughs> I just was thinking about these actors wishing to God that he would call cut and running out of ways to vamp on camera. And he Maybe never does. He forgot that the word was cut. Maybe. Okay, and Jill back to the arm. Like she doesn't know what to do. So she I I guess I'll go back to the arm. Shit, I don't know. Is it lunch could it, yet? Could it be that Danzig was saying softly, because he was transfixed by this, cut, 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 but that the crew thought he was saying, cute, cute, <laughs> cute. Look. Um, it, sure, it doesn't work as a narrative, but like as a day in the life, does it work? <laughs> <laughs> I think if I ever if I ever wrote my autobiography, Adam, I think you've just given it its title. Veronica. It doesn't work as a narrative. <laughs> now she's got, um, she's got Kansas bowling, and all of her blood. What what is the purpose of of needing more blood? I don't. How much blood do you need? She wants to become a baby. Goo mm -hmm. goo gaga Bathory baby. Oh, so here's where the effect works. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. But then goes on way too long. Like, that's effective. Now cut. 
Glenn. All the blood Glenn. in her body was stored in her neck. <laughs> right? How much blood does a human have? No, yeah. Glenn. Glenn, you got Glenn, you gotta cut. This girl has a strong heart and a good soul. And it, it, it reminds me of that line in Macbeth, who'd have thought the old man had so much blood in him? I mean, it just, it defies the laws of physics. So what you're saying is it's an homage to Shakespeare. Well, actually, this segment is based on another poem by Robert Frost, um, which is called I Like to uh, Bathe in Blood. <laughs> it's one of Frost's lesser known poems right after stopping by woods on a bloody evening. Okay, take that away. Wait, wait a minute. We got to get some choreography here. Leave that leave this one, take that one. Leave this one in the tub. Take take away the shooter. Poor Kansas bowling. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Is there it's have like been a contest cuts. of who broke first, you or Kansas bowling? <laughs> There have been cuts, right? This isn't all one shot. Um, I mean, this long sequence where they're taking her out of the tub okay. and all that, that was all one shot. But there's a cut for no purpose because they just cut to, you know, 30 degrees to the right. And we're still doing this. Yeah. <laughs> if the point is to establish that she's bathing in blood, I think that's been accomplished. The point is to make it to 90 minutes. <laughs> I got something to say. You think this movie was shot in sequence? Uh, because that would explain why they have to drag this out to get to the 90 minutes. <laughs> oh, anyway, the movie's over. Thank goodness. Wait, what? <laughs> Son of a... I could really go for some Scotch Hopkins right now. Yeah. The neck breakout. Okay. So at this point, she obviously bathes or showers, except for her forehead. What, what's, what's going on with that little tableau? You got to leave that it... on a little longer because she had a wrinkle or two. Okay, it, I, I she's letting it point, work its magic. It was like the crown that was doing it to her. That that's her blood, because she's wearing a pointy crown. She does never take that thing off. Uh, much like Mystery Girl. It'd be so great if Mystery Girl, like, came into this segment and then it was a like a duel against her and whatever her name is. I would love to see that because then something yeah. would be happening. Exactly. Well, something's what? happening in this scene. Like, if you like mirrors, watch Patrick, this. Do you, do you like mirrors? <laughs> have you ever seen mirrors? Watch this actress try to vamp endlessly okay uh he's not calling cut i'll go back to the mirror i guess uh good now let me this was the moment i made it to 71 minutes into the movie and as i watched (laughs) as i watched this poor actress do this over and over and over again without him calling cut i finally it was like my sanity broke and i just started laughing and uh, that was it. I was done. I was cooked. Did Erica make it as long as you did? Yeah, because, again, we're both so afraid of awkwardness that we're like, well, it would be so uncomfortable to laugh at his movie with him here. 
Uh, so we just were as respectful as we could possibly be. And then at a at, once I got to here, I couldn't take it anymore. I would like to see Glenn Danzig rescore this sequence with uh, that Who song from the movie Tommy um, that Anne Margaret sings. Do you hear or fear or do I smash the mirror? Tommy, can you hear me? I would like it. Can I cut your face off? Buck cherry. <laughs> do you see the Spider Man? I just summed up the movie. Oh, Tommy. 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 Tommy, can you hear me? Just do this for the next 19 minutes. (laughs) Wait, what did you say? I said you need to keep singing Tommy for the length of the mirror scene. (laughs) I don't think I have that much breath in my body. All right, so this is where I think the effect doesn't work. Right. As bad as I felt for Kansas Bowling, I feel even worse for this actor, who had to do the same thing naked, upside down this time, just to be in Veronica. <laughs> no, at least it's on her reel. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> she she went home for, uh, for Christmas and um, was telling her parents that this... She she's confident that this is going to be her big break. And it was. It broke her career. <laughs> it broke her spirit. <laughs> what? You're in a movie called Veronica? Do you play Veronica? You're hanging upside down naked in a in a dungeon. All right, oh, watch Lord. this. Oh. We get just one stream. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then she tries to like squeeze out the rest. It's amazing. Do do do. Is there more? The Tell other girl had more. <laughs> Find out what province that other girl was from and what was in her diet. I'd like to know the answer behind this. Here she's going to squeeze some more out. Do it. Oh, wait, still alive. <laughs> Hold on. <sighs> let me, let me, oh, there, uh, got some more. Oh, there it is. <laughs> so the film becomes the popular mechanics of bloodletting. <laughs> oh my gosh. What you need to do is grab the head <laughs> like this. Okay, here comes the shot that, uh, oh. so. It's so befuddled me. Here comes the shot that so befuddled me the first time I saw this movie. She's gonna she's on a horse. Or she's with a horse. Keep watching. And we're gonna see something that's so odd. It made me think that for some reason they had to use all the footage they shot or something. Because again, we we have a minute or two before it appears on screen, but the horse is the cue that it's coming up. That there's something coming up that's so inexplicable one of the only things you can conclude is that they had to use all the footage they shot. Yeah. I mean, in a movie full of questionable editing decisions and padded sequences, this last segment puts the other two to shame. I mean, even with the strip club stuff in the second sequence, this one just takes place in real time. Like 
and then they were still in the life. <laughs> and then they were still there. Here it is. That's the shot. Shot number one. That's a good legs. shot right there. And then we cut to mm-hmm. the top part. What? What? <laughs> so we have we have a, a long shot of just their legs, and then no camera movement. A cut to their tops. But again, imagine hell? imagine you're the professional editor hired to put this together, and you're given the footage, and you're like, "What do I do with this?" How do you I turn this need, into anything? You don't need to show the shot of their legs. You just start with the shot of their top part. I agree. And, and the audience gets it. Why is the shot of their legs in it? Why is anything? Is in the horse's contract. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get these gams in there. Yeah. Okay. I listen. got these things insured. <laughs> listen, you jerks. You show my legs or I walk. I was um, in Biscuit. This is where my career is. If, if you really want proof that uh, this is padded out, I think we're coming up to the sequence where she talks to the wolf. Oh, yes. Which. This movie had a wolf and horse budget. Which uh, <laughs> serves no purpose and makes no sense. I like that set, though. In the yeah, spirit of trying look. to say something nice, See? the thicket, like a mangled tree right there. The, the the thicket is very nice. I keep I kept expecting Br'er Rabbit to show up. The wolf also gets some slow mo action, which is nice. Because it, well, he's the best actor in this movie. <laughs> makes everything take longer. Yeah. And because she starts talking to it, Hello. I was kind of, I was hoping beyond hope that it was like a werewolf or something, but no. You said, what's the point? But we know what the point is. She says, you and I are alike, Wolf. And whenever she goes out at night, she just brings raw beef with her? Yes, see, we are alike, you and I. We both shit in the woods. (laughs) (laughs) The two of us and the Pope. (laughs) We like what we like. That's the defining characteristic of wolves. Tell me two things you know about wolves. Well... They're apex predators, and they like what they like. (laughs) What are you talking about, like USA dramas? Yeah, like dramas on USA. We don't know why they like them. They just like what they like. I kept, I kept waiting for the wolf. I kept waiting for the wolf to have a line. It is what it is. I was an alpha, and this is where my career is now. I don't know. We've had quite a, we've had quite a few minutes. We've had quite a few minutes with no blood. Can can you fix that, Glenn? I'm on it. Ooh, he she gave her the menorah to cut her with. <laughs> <laughs> also, I may be wrong, but this girl in her lap is that Ashley Wisdom from the first segment? I don't think so, but we'll check the end credits. It, you would looks... know you're her biographer. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it does look a little bit like her, but without the pink win. And you're the one who knows with... what her sexy boss likes. Without the pink wig and the green skin it's hard to tell yeah i thought it was the girl the plucky girl from segment two yeah yeah i think it might be the plucky girl from segment two not to be gross but if you stare in the boob region you could see just how bad this prosthetic is they'll show it again maybe she just has bad skin (laughs) It's a really bad effect, and it's on camera for a long time. Very brightly lit. 
Tell your editor not to cut away. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter much to me as long as it's bad. <laughs> What'd you think of my debut film? <laughs> now she's going to reach right into the stomach where the heart is located. <laughs> no, don't you don't you get what Danzig's <sighs> suggesting? That that virginal village girl has a heart ate... four sizes too big, like she's no, the fucking ate... Grinch. No, she just ate someone's heart. Oh, got that it. Not her heart. Got it. That's recycled no, heart action no, right no. there. You know what that is? That's the wolf's heart. Get it's it? Like, Remember, it's like somebody twice cuts out your heart. Gun. Always check in to see what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> I could see Glenn Danzig typing this late at night. He, she, she plucks out the still beating heart. Again, this poor actress, like, just having to eat this heart for an interminable amount of time because Danzig refuses to cut. <laughs> and by interminable, I mean good. <laughs> Patrick, imagine the outtakes. I think they're all in the movie. Yeah. yeah. I mean, is it weird that if there was a sequel to Veronica, I would watch it day one? Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, not yet. It's weird. I would watch it. <laughs> Why is that? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> What's wrong with us? Who because at least it's interesting. Because it's you ne- boring. Because you never learn? I think that's what it is. This is now my third time seeing Veronica. I've never seen The Great Escape. <laughs> yeah, but that movie insists upon itself. This one meets you halfway. <laughs> what does Danzig know about the human body? <laughs> Was there a heart consultant? Anyway, the movie's over. Thank you guys for doing it. God damn it! <laughs> He'd heard the phrase, the quickest way to, to a man's heart is through his stomach, so... <laughs> thought maybe it applied to me. I got something to say! I learned anatomy today! Doesn't matter much to me, as long as she did. We have one more major effect to go, Patrick. Yeah. Also, the soldiers look like they're wearing some sort of weird chainmail pajamas. Again, there's literally no story here. It's just sequence after sequence of Drukija killing virgins and bathing in their blood or eating their oversized hearts. That's because during the production meetings, Glenn Danzig became very excited and said, I don't want narrative, I want sensation. <laughs> How much is this this segment like when you go to Bristol Renaissance Fair? Because I've never been. I've been to the Bristol Renaissance Fair. It's nothing like this. No. If this if this were like the Bristol Renaissance Fair, Drukija would say, "Would you like a pickle on a stick?" <laughs> There were no so, utensils in medieval times, therefore there are no utensils at medieval times. Would you like a refill on your Pepsi?
And you know, all of the other effect sequences were done indoors, but this one is being done outdoors. I assume it's really outdoors. And this reminds me of when my son used to make these amateur movies when he was in middle school, and anything that involved blood had to be on the patio or the the kitchen because uh, the blood stains. So you don't you don't want it to get on stuff that you can't wash. I actually kind of like the performance of Sashka. What's going on with her eye? Um, yeah. <laughs> like they, again, they didn't just fix the dummy's protruding eye. <laughs> it made me think that someone somewhere had read that that happens sometimes when, mm. when you're decapitated or something. I don't know. Just like sometimes your heart is in your stomach. <laughs> Oh, we got some sweet CGI fire coming up. Yeah, which I thought was odd. At this point, I began to think that the red-headed woman who assists her with the red dress, clearly she's writing a book. The actor or the character? The character. Oh, she's, okay. She's just paying attention. So it's like gonna, the end of the tour? Yeah, she's going to profit <laughs> from this somehow. She's, she's, look at that fire. Sweet after effects. Okay, now the segment really is over, right? Oh, God, fuck. <laughs> and then we get this set, which kind of looks like a like a carnival, something at a carnival. It, 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 it's odd looking and not very realistic. Her life is boring. It really is. Mm-hmm. She keeps heads like trophies, just like uh, Mystery Girl keeps faces. See, it's all connected, you guys. This uh, for the first segment. Oh, right. This sequence actually seems indebted to uh, uh, the first film version of Most Dangerous Game. There's a, a scene in that movie that looks a lot like this. It's probably what Danzig had in mind. Well, it might have been if he's any kind of fan of old horror films. Which he does Is seem to be. Yeah, I was going to say, because it really, that's a very specific image from a very influential film. Just based on Misfits songs, he seems to be a fan of old horror movies. Yeah. Uh, you can't totally tell from Veronica, but... He did say he's working on a vampire western, possibly with Danny Trejo. And I would see it. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be any better than Veronica. But again, I'm not interested in like a movie that isn't pure unfiltered Danzig, which this movie is. For better or worse, you know what he should have done? He should have added a fourth sequence that was really good that like really just knocked <laughs> you on your ass and then chased then, everybody away with the first three. Are they right, gone? Like, okay, watch. The, that there is a reward at the end of it, but no. I was just fucking with you guys. Uh, we made it to the credits. Congratulations, guys. Yay. Yay. I watched Veronica Yay. twice in my life. <laughs> we did it. Uh, yeah, I don't know what else to say except uh, happy scary movie month and we're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> But at I least would you got rather to rewatch this than Mulan or, 
for the old guard. All right. For sure. All yeah. right. Like this isn't by this isn't the worst movie I've seen all year. It isn't? I don't think so. <laughs> it's kind of growing on me a little bit. I mean, bit. it's bad in such a special, magical, unique, singular way. Um and that's what made me want to do it for the commentary. Because there's plenty of movies that are bad and just boring. And this mm-hmm. movie is not. This movie is bad no. and fascinating. It's, it's slow moving, but it's not boring. Right. I, I will say this. And all along, you wanted us to say nice things about Veronica. Veronica really makes me want to see Giant Juicy Jugs 4. Mm. <laughs> you got to see the first three uh, beforehand because the fourth one won't make sense. Yeah, it's a shared I universe. I got the box set, John. I'll let you borrow it. Is that the one that came with the, with the poster? <laughs> it is. Yeah, I pre-ordered it. So. <laughs> oh, good, good. I, this is like this is like the gulag. Like I could leave this on. That's uh, interesting. While I was waiting for us to start the commentary, that's what I was watching on Shutter. I love the Gulag. There's a bunch of credits here specifically for Shudder. And I remember seeing the movie at Cinepocalypse and saying, well, I know this is going to Shudder eventually because we have all these credits for, like, the Shudder intro and there's a cast. Like, they shot Mickey Keating, who used to do that show on Shudder, um, obviously shot an intro, interviews with Caden Cross and Glenn Danzig and maybe a couple other people. That, to this point, has not shown up on Shudder. I can't imagine that it will if they didn't put it out when they dropped the movie, but I don't know yeah. for sure. Special I wonder if, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if one, uh, wonderful Friday night, Joe Bob might show this. Ooh, that might be fun. This seems, this mm. seems right up Joe Bob's alley in terms of telling production history. Yeah. Anyway, thank you guys very much for listening. Thank you guys for doing this with me. Happy scary movie month. Stick with us all month long. We promise it gets better from here. Yay, scary movie month. I'm going to go bathe in the blood of the lamb. <laughs>